line. Well, I might not know everything there is to know about Dungeons & Dragons, but what I do know is how to act. And I feel like before we go into an acting challenge, we should probably get a little warmed up. It's a performance competition. Yeah. As a trained thespian, since I won my acting challenge on my season, I feel like it is my professional duty to warm everyone up. What the fuck is a thespian? Theater lesbian? I don't fucking know. Keep those plates balanced, just like that. Fierce, fun, and fresh. Good way to stay in shape. My ball gonna pop out, bitch. Yes. Okay, and this is for diction. You want to be able to understand what your partners are saying in the scene. Okay. I love this. Astrid knows a lot about Dungeons and Dragons. Eva's Eva's really like she's trying to leave. She wants she wants to be the dungeon master so bad, and I'm just gonna give it to her. It's a hard role to play the dungeon master. A lot of pressure. I'm going to be throwing you a ball of a certain weight. So if I toss Coco a bowling ball, <laughs> exactly, you have to pretend that's hey girl, what you're uh, catching. Your ball's out. Bitch, that bowling ball was heavy. It was, that was a lot. My arms. I think now I know the reason why theater gays are hated across the universe. Just follow. Well, Mary, why do you think theater gays are hated across the universe? I think it has something to do with my arms. Ooh, my arms. Oh, my arms. Oh, my arms. <laughs> uh, it's from all that lifting them up during show week. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're doing Tech great, week. sweetie. <laughs> hell week, right? <laughs> yeah. Hell week. Oh, hell week. Yeah. yeah. Tech hell week. You know? Isn't it supposed to be fun? Why are we calling it Hell Week? Oh, yeah. I mean that was right. Like we on on Best Supporting Podcast, we're doing Smash right now, and they uh, they're. Twelfth episode was all tech, and I felt like there were so many lines in the episode of like, like one of the girls is like, "Ugh, it's tech week. No civilians allowed. They wouldn't mm. understand. We're in a war right now." It's like literally a line from the show, and it's like, <laughs> "Jessica, you're running lights and sound. Relax." Yeah. Yeah. It reminds me of that episode of Pen Fifteen. Uh, when they're oh, in the play, yes, which is when, one of the best episodes of that yeah. series. <laughs> and Anna gets like the the yes. power of being the stage manager, which is just so such a great nuance. Like she's got like the belt, the the chunky yeah. belt with the duct yes. tape and the gaff keys, tape. The gaff yeah. tape. Oh my god, mm. it's that is a great episode. Uh, um, you know, so when we get Eva. I just feel like this is a. I don't know it. it I at once I wanted to roll my eyes at what the editors were showing us, but it was it was also like just so adorable, especially when they were doing like the vocal warm ups together. The ha ha ha! It felt like a Christopher Guest sketch, so that's yes. why I also loved it. Well, and like it, it, it helped that you had someone like Coco who also wasn't taking it too seriously. You and know, so right, uh, yeah. So I mean, it was yes, it felt very Christopher Guest. It also felt like. I don't think they've ever done warm-ups like this on Drag Race for acting challenges, at least that we've been shown. And correct me if I'm wrong, there's been 8,000 seasons, but like this kind of like reminds me of like the acting one workshop I took in sophomore year of college mm, kind of exactly. warm-ups, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me, there's that show, High School High, on YouTube. It's Australian, I believe, right? With the drama teacher. Oh, Summer Heights High. Summer Heights High. Thank you so much. Um, that's what this reminds me of, along with Christopher Guest. You know, on Drag Race, I the only thing I can think of is... Oh, I have like a clip of it on my phone, which is why I know it. But it was on season 12, the assassination season 12. It was the one with um, Jackie Cox and all them. And it was um, basically like she was teaching them about improv. It's about all about yes and. And it was during an improv challenge. But they didn't do any of these like warm-ups, which are entertaining for an outsider to look in enough. Yeah, I I I don't mind this kind of uh this kind of play. I think it's cute. Um yeah, I mean I I don't remember the moment from season 12, but I don't remember season 12. You said Jackie Cox and I was like, "Oh, is, is that one of our new senators? I you, you know, did I vote for her?" <laughs> um yeah, so I yeah, this this Eva what's interesting about this episode, I really focused on Eva because you know, she won her last acting challenge and she's a great actress. She obviously puts a lot into her floor shows that are from the acting background. Um, so it was just interesting to watch how she at first started out as a camp counselor, but then by the end of the episode, she was the camper being consoled by the actual camp counselors. I mean, I'm I can't remember if this actually happens, but I'm picturing Amy Poehler in Wet Hot American Summer. I feel like she has a meltdown by the end, and if she doesn't, she should. And that's kind of where Eva went, you know, where it was like, all yeah. right, everybody, pass the pulse, pass the pulse, like yes and yes and, and then like cut to filming, and she's like, no but, no but, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no but, blip blop bloop, yeah, blip blop uh, bloop, she, yeah. <laughs> she went zip zop zow, yeah, um, I'm zip zop out of this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like maybe at the end then she was really just, you know, a young college counselor that then needed to talk to the camp director. Yes. Um, because yes. things were kind of going out of control towards I, the end. That that shot of her from far away, like looking all kind of forlorn with the you know, one of the producers. Yeah. It just was, I felt like it was like, like a camper left the mess hall and was like, I have a tummy ache and needed to like, go talk to somebody about and it. Talk to one of the cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. What is it, Eva? Come talk to me. What can I do for you? Cigarette in his mouth, you know? And, and what I think is interesting, an interesting parallel to that type of camper is it probably isn't a tummy ache. Something probably happened at the table. That mm -hmm. made her upset or anxious, and she needed to go get some attention. And I feel like Eva was in this challenge, and it she was looking for some reason to kind of like press the eject button, mm -hmm. and uh, because I think she realized, oh shit, I'm not going to be the best in this challenge. Yeah, she really had a self destruction, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My name is Eva Self Destruction. Eva Self Destruction. Yeah. And I love my leg. <laughs> I, you know, and I, the thing is, like, watching it, you know, from what we see, and I don't know if I fully grasp the conditions. Things were hot, things were claustrophobic. She was fucking up. Who knows the degree of how much all of those were like the, um, uh, the incident, whatever, the, mm. uh, the, the, the thing, the inciting incident, you know, to use, sure. a, I guess, a Catalyst. dramatic term. Yeah. But, I, you know, 
I guess I understand the Dragula lens of like, hey, we put you into these crazy situations and we see if you can still perform. And like, I obviously would never do something like that. I, I don't do drag. I don't want to eat bugs and all that stuff. But it's like, once again, I find myself identifying with Eva of like, I don't know if I would have been any different if I was starting to panic in a situation. I would be probably not like easy either. And I guess I just feel like, I don't know. This episode was interesting because there was a lot of like also weird critiques of like, you're not handling, handling stress. Well, you need to be more happy. Like there's some weird critiques this week that I don't fully agree with compounded with Melissa. We don't expect you to be an actor like, Mm. okay. So I guess she's safe, even though she was terrible in the challenge. Right? Like there, there were just some choices this week that was like, what are we actually judging? That that's a really a really interesting take for sure. The because yeah, they even said it. They're like, you know, we're not here to judge your character card, right? What is it? The quote is not here to judge your character sheet. Role playing is art, and art is subjective. They and and it's like, okay, so are you judging the druid look that they created? Are you judging their acting skills? Like, I thought that was subjective. Right. Yeah, don't have an acting challenge if it doesn't matter if they're bad actors, you know? Yeah, like, and, and that's it, a clearly weird challenge. it clearly did matter if they were bad actors, right? Um, well, yeah. And maybe it didn't. Maybe it didn't. Maybe the, the challenge was like, hey, how zany can you get? But when it came to, um, to Coco and Hoso, it was their look and their acting chops, mm-hmm. right? It was mm-hmm. how well they did in that challenge. So in, in terms of this clip of the week, you know, we, we start with Eva just having the best time. And then she ends being safe, right? And rightly so. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it looks like she had kind of a little bit of a, a little bit of a panic attack. And I don't think the judges really liked it. I think they were like, and even they showed Coco being like, yeah, she didn't handle it as, well as or we handled it differently i think is what coco said which is kinder yeah it's, it's just a it's a weird thing to critique of like you got upset you needed a moment that was that overshadowed your performance like i could understand like last season or you know season four like hoso had moments backstage where she, you know they were she they were being whatever we were being you know she unprofessional diva, she was yeah. being a diva you know and then this week there was you know al astrid was talking back to the director and it's like okay i could get that of like you're being difficult to work with but it was if it's like you know can i have a second please mm. and all we we don't even unless we weren't shown it all we saw was Eva being like, oh, I got to walk this off and go talk to a producer like away from everybody else. This was not Hollow Eve. This was not Madeline Hatter. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm standing for Eva here so hard. I just felt like there were a lot of strange choices this week um, in terms of like what was a problem and what wasn't. I think we didn't see the time she was struggling on set. They didn't really show those, which is why we're probably a little bit more confused. Because yeah, yeah. it's like, well, did she actually struggle? Because it looked like she did fine in the challenge. She, she wasn't the best, but she she did fine in the challenge. It, it's not like she derailed anything, but maybe it was a distraction to everybody to, and, you know, even to, I guess, to Swan, who was watching and frustrating to watch or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why you're you're kind of... Uh, standing Eva, although I'm standing Eva for this camp counselor realness that she was serving, warming up her castmates. I, I, and whether she meant it or not, it did, 
it, first of all, it tracks for Eva because she's been doing this all season, right? She kind of does these games, these party games, these mm -hmm. icebreakers. <laughs> so she did the same thing here, and it read like pure satire, which I just love. I guess what I think, I'm, maybe I'm, what I'm realizing is like, you know, Eva, she's had her moments, and I think we didn't really connect with her on her season and whatnot. And I think what I'm seeing this season is like, is she my pick to win or like the one I'm gravitating to the most in the cast? Maybe not, but I... I think that she's largely benign in terms of like, she's not the distraction that a bore has been. She's mm. not being annoying like Astrid. Like she hasn't, I, I, you know, even the whole thing of like, Oh, you're being two faced. I'm like, no, nah, I, I think you're just not seeing all the details. I, I'm, I think I'm like calling myself in for being too hard on Eva. I actually think she's totally fine. And most of her things that most of the stuff she's done in this competition and the reality TV side of things, I think I would have done. And that's why I'm also like, no, I think this is fine. She's fine. It's fine. Leave her alone. You know? Yeah. Uh, my, my only critique was last week's bodysuit, really. Um, but... Oh, yeah. I would not have ordered that bodysuit in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> By the, the way, mail. on Reddit, somebody clocked that the necklaces that the Boulets were wearing were like $10 necklaces from Amazon. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I'm not judging. I just love... I was <laughs> Drag is art and art is subjective, but, you know. <laughs> oh, God, I love that. I do love that. Yeah, uh, yeah Eva, Eva is, um, she's a great addition to the cast because she is playing this kind of peacekeeper role. I think last week we had a discussion about how she was playing both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. and, and how you, I think you even said last week that you would be doing that. Absolutely. That would be something you would be doing. I would be giving hard love, um, which I don't think Eva is doing. Yeah, um, I, but the idea that she would tell Kendra that she found Abora being annoying, but then tell Abora to get her head in the game are not two, not the same thing or don't live in the same world is bullshit, right. you know? Yeah, no, that is bullshit. It's not two-faced for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Eva... Oh, Eva. <laughs> One thing I noticed, She's I think so fun. I think it's in this clip, and I wonder if people do this all the time. This is such a RuPaul thing. But I think she says Dungeon Dragons instead of uh -huh. Dungeons and Dragons. Because it's like, I can't do the mm-mms. You know? Dungeon Dragons. Dungeon Dragons. Dungeon Dragons. I wonder if, and I know people say D&D to shorten it, but I wonder if that's like a thing of like people just go Dungeon Dragons, you know? Interesting to hear Astrid kind of having a, her own little moment in the confessional of like, well, you know, whatever. She wants to take over. That's fine. If she, Okay, sure, sure. You can be the DM. It's fine. It's a hard role. Uh, Astrid continues this episode in kind of contrast with Eva to be shown in an interesting light uh, by the editors, uh, which I know we'll get into as we discuss this episode further. Um, anything, anything else to add about this clip of the week that entertained you, Mary? I mean, I, I just think it's worth repeating that Coco Kane saying, like, ooh, that bowling ball was hard. Ugh, my arms. Like, that little my arms. Yeah, my Coco, arms. obviously, we're yes going to talk and. about her. Yeah. Yes, and. Uh, we're going to talk about her a lot this week. But, like, mm. man, what a good week for Coco Kane. Oh, God. No, every sense of the word. Yeah. yeah every every exactly. shot of her. Every, every single shot. time she was on screen, it was fabulous. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> bitch, that bowling ball was heavy. Yeah. It was a lot. My arms. <laughs> I mean, it was it was great. It's just every. I mean, they got so many reactions from her. So many little micro moments. Obviously, mm. the performance itself, but the reality TV side of things. I, you know, she's just. Uh, I. I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but I am feeling some of the same like 
excitement that I had for like Katya back in the day where I'm like, oh, there's just something about you. I just can't get enough of your point of view on all of this, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I also love that uh, holster look that she was she was wearing for the first half of the episode before they went to the, the tug of gore. Um, oh like yes the, with the red tank top and the and the little yes. black holster thing yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah uh but yeah um i don't know i think we could jump in i think we can let's jump, jump in. in you know yeah. uh i uh obviously there's lots of chit chat before abora comes back in at the beginning of the episode and oh, there they're was just bashing the fuck out of her bashing the fuck out of her there was an interesting <laughs> post on reddit where someone was like they were like, not, you know, no shade, but like in both of her seasons now, like Abora has managed to make it all about her, whether or not she's doing it. Oh, who knows how she's doing it. But like, if you look back at season two and you look at so far where we are in Titans, Abora is like such a central part of the conflict of the drama, not so much the competition, but the That's conflict true. and the drama, you know? That's true. Yeah. Her conflict and drama are overshadowing her looks, and I loved this week's look uh, for mm. Abora the Gnome. Oh, my God. I thought it was so cool. But, uh, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, interesting they showed, because we didn't get this last week, but the the part where Abora was talking about how she's mastered drag, and, you know, I think they were critiquing her on that. I don't know. Part of me was kind of like, yeah, but I get what she's saying. She's kind of, like, done with it. Right, I I agree. I actually, I mean maybe master drag is kind of like the wrong use of words because it it makes it seem like ah oh, the whole the art best. form I'm yeah. the best. But like I also totally get someone being like I think I've done everything I wanted to do in drag, you yeah. know. Like I think that's an interesting idea of like nope. I did all the looks I needed to do, you right. know, got right. it all out. Yeah. I'm through my drag period. I'm ready to move on to my mime period. You yeah. Know, or my designer period. Or my designer period or yeah. my piano period or wherever, you mm-hmm. know, um, or, or my exclamation point, you know, I, yeah. I just, I totally got that clip and then they were all just kind of, I don't know. It felt very much like a pile on. And then when she walks in, <laughs> looking like a lesbian safari tour guide. Oh my god, welcome to the Rainforest Cafe. Do you have a reservation? Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you to your table. Yeah, do you want to sit by the tree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a big tree in a Rainforest Cafe. Oh, I know, no, I know, with the sounds and <laughs> yeah. the rain, yeah, the thunder, yeah. Are we going to get wet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but t- to this day, Mary, I still have not yet eaten at a Rainforest Cafe. D- what's on the menu? Is it really kind of fun, like uh, a banana leaf uh, a banana leaf platter? No, you know? I don't think so. I believe my, the, uh, my only memory is going to the Rainforest Cafe in the Menlo Park Mall, and I know that I had a very underwhelming barbecue chicken pizza. <laughs> Nothing exotic about it. It wasn't like, you know, uh, barbecued over the pits of the Brazilian chuckle. I don't know. Yeah. You know, know, I I remember I would always pass by the Rainforest Cafe at, oh, it was, uh, it's that mall in Nyack, the Palisades Center. Um, the one that's Palisades sinking Plaza? into the ground. Palisades Plaza. Yeah. It's sinking into the ground. That's how like heavy and big it is and mm-hmm. poorly constructed. But uh, yeah, there's Rainforest Cafe on the fourth level. And I, it, you could never get a table. 
because it was oh there was always a wait list that's how like much people loved it and yeah i would just observe while i was waiting for a movie or while i was like nearby um the 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 thunder the lightning the rain sounds and just how much fun everybody seemed to be having yeah i i i wonder if you went and looked if you were able to like revisit that memory with your eyes today could you see the misery on all uh-huh. of the faces you know what i mean yeah the abora's walking around being like oh, yeah you guys need a refill mm. You know, somebody at their table being like, actions, it takes actions to show that you care, you know? <laughs> oh, right. I'll right, bring you right, another, exactly. I'll bring you another plate, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a chance I, to do it. <laughs> I did kind of love Yo, uh, Coco's, Yoko, Coco's yeah. uh, kind of take before Abora walks in of being like, Hey, just so y'all know, like, this is a y'all issue. This is not my issue. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was never kind of like, in this mess. Yeah, I mean, and, and Coco had some some really great lines once Abora enters. I mean, like, there's obviously lots of explanation from Abora. And I love that, you know, Coco says, and I think this applies, like, similar to when she later talks about, like, finding scraps to make a look. It also proves that you can, like, you know, mm. make lem- lemonades out of lemon in life. I think there's a similar quote here where she's like, I appreciate that everyone's on their journey, but that should not complicate or distract or take away from mine. Yeah, no that's and boundaries. It, <laughs> yes, that's like not the book of the boulets, but that's like uh, a cocoa card. You know? Yes, yeah, yeah, right. Like the book of Cain, you know, like uh-huh. I just, right. Uh, the book of Cain. <laughs> the book of Cain. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. I. She's. She. I think she calls out Abora in the confessional. I don't think Abora believed that apology. So why in the hell? Why in the hell would I? Um. It, it, it it all makes a lot of sense from Coco's kind of standpoint of not being in this drama of like what is what what are we what are we doing here she she's ruining this for everybody she's clearly ruining it for Erica who's not having any fun oh my goodness Erica is just miserable miserable yeah I just like I, I especially once they get to the the stage later and like all the shit. Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. There's one moment in particular I was like, this is it. This is the moment she's just gonna quit. She's just gonna fucking quit because Astrid won't stop playing that loot. I can tell it's gonna happen. Um, I saw that. I saw her Yep, this the zoom in oh on her face God. and I was like, it's gonna happen. She's gonna fucking snap. And then they're gonna keep her because yes. she 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 killed somebody. <laughs> right. Now that's Dragula. Yeah. Yeah, right. She's a killer. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Wait, exactly. wait, wait, where is it? We here? do have it. We do have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one more time. Oh my god. Oh, you clipped it. She's a killer. <laughs> She's a killer. <laughs> Queen. <laughs> and they show Erica. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, She's a killer. She's a killer. <laughs> Oh, I have so many like it's. I think we've talked about this, but like it's the it's the Alanis of killer that gets me. Oh, there's, there's a little she's bit the of killer. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of a in there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not as pronounced as an Alanis kill the killer, but it's I. It's the same R sound. It's the same that, R killer. Yeah, yeah. yeah they put the forward. R in the attic. Yeah, <laughs> in the attic. Yeah. Um, not to be confused with a heavy pattern of drinking. Um, no. which was an interesting thing to throw in there. Uh, it felt 
it felt poorly handled, if I'm being honest, by the editors, but also maybe by just the scene, because it was like, whoa, whoa, where, whoa. Like, shouldn't this be more of a moment? Yeah, I mean, it. all of the, this this kind of energy of like, oh, Bora, we don't really want you back. You need to show with actions. Like, I, I think, I do feel like there's a lot we're not seeing. Either mm. there's a lot of overreactions happening, or there's a lot that we were not seeing that a Bora was doing. Because I... I I don't know. I, I I understand that her energy is bringing down the room, but it's like, I don't know. I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't, I I think there's a lot of like, all of it's your fault, Abora. And I don't know if that's true either. You know, like, I don't think that she's like the drain in the room, maybe that everyone is saying. I don't know. I just, it doesn't all click for me. And so this moment in particular, when she was like, okay, let me give you a chance like, give me a chance to, like, show that I'm going to make a change. I was kind of team Abora. I was like, all right, you guys keep saying you have to show through actions. Well, then give her a chance. Or then, yeah. or shut up, you know? Yeah. And it looks like she kind of did that this week mm-hmm. uh, by mm-hmm. kind of being a positive energy. I, I wonder if she's kind of like a Regina George. I'm getting that, like, everybody kind of wants to please her, and they hate her behind yeah. her back at the same time. There has to still be that thing, and like the Boulets hint she's at it. Amazing, right? Yeah. Like she's super talented. Well, like the Boulets hint at it that, like, well, we're going to see all these people after. Everyone kind of knows each other. Everybody knows Abora outside of this competition. Mm. There has to be always that sense of like, I know who you are, and I have a more developed sense potentially of who you are and how I feel about you outside of this competition. That, regardless of what's happening in this room, still carries over. You're still, you know, Queen Abora, you know? Yeah, Queen Abora or what? Uh, no. Anyone could be a queen. Abora. <laughs> yeah, anyone could be a queen. I learned that when I was three. So, um, <laughs> so I will uh, always be Queen of Pain. Speaking of Alanis, when she oh. covered King of Pain, she did Queen of Pain. Yeah. God, she's so clever. It's like when she changed ironic to be like about a gay guy. Oh, I love that. And it turns out he's got a husband. Husband, yeah. Oh, don't mock her. I love her, Mary. (laughs) I know. I know. I love Alanis. I just, you know. Anyway, anyway, I don't know. It's I've, too, I feel like it's too precious. It's still, too precious. It's too yeah, precious. Yeah. It's too, ooh, see what I did there? It's like, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it took away from everything else. But you know what? If the first time you heard that, back when she did it, like if you were there live, you would be like, oh, you better work, bitch. Like it's just, I don't know. I it's get it as like a thing you would do live. Like that makes sense to me. It's like in the moment, it's like a little, like live shows I think are all about the winks and the things that could happen just in a live show. But then mm. once it gets put on like the new album, I'm like, oh, yeah, this could have been no, between us, it. you know? Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. Anyway, anyway. Uh, the Dungeons abort, and Drag Queens challenge. Yeah, Dungeons and Drag Queens. Dungeons and Drag Queens, yeah. Dungeons and Drag Queens. Dungeons and Drag Queens. Dungeons and Drag Queens. Dungeons and Drag Queens. They get their their class and race, Abora, Dark Elf, Druid. Do you know any of these things? Did you? I mean, I remember we probably talked about this th- two seasons ago, but how familiar are you with Dungeons Dragons? Not at all. I, I mean, I know that it exists, and I know people play it, and it can be a tabletop game and, you know, all that. But I I don't know really anything about this world. Uh, I know one thing about it that people call it D&D. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, 
But you also know what like a dungeon master is. I imagine it's like the banker in Monopoly. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, the banker, yes, sort of, sort of. The banker doesn't really have any power, uh, just kind of helps, you know, takes instructions, right? Uh, but the, the dungeon master is very much like, uh, almost kind of like a designer of the game, uh, is kind of like the facilitator. Mm-hmm. If, if it was like a class of, uh, of students, right? The dungeon master is very much Miss Frizzle. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, describing that's... what things are, describing where things go, what's behind the door, you know, that's the dungeon master. Uh, so you're really, you're, you're kind of leading the campaign. Campaign. The yeah. Okay, they call them that. campaigns. Yeah. They uh, last for you like sometimes months uh, if they're meeting weekly, you know, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, they're big stories and it's, it's less about the game and very much about socialization and it's just fun. It's they're telling stories together. Uh, that's how I always view Dungeons and Dragons is that they're all telling stories together and they're, they're finding out what happens together and figuring out kind of puzzles. I can relate in that I don't think that this podcast is ever about recapping the episode we just watched. It's just mm. about telling stories and yeah. going on tangents and exploring ideas. I don't, <laughs> I'm not trying to tell this to, to actually, like, I'm not here like, oh, I got to tell everybody what happened on Dragula this week. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thing. Um, I've actually never played Dungeons and Dragons. I always wanted to. Um, I've only ever observed people playing it. Mm. Um, and anyway, you can get really into it. You can not get into it. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, we're at summer camp. So before they, they go to the Ren Fair, <laughs> there's this uh, tug of gore challenge. This really felt like... Just a scene from a summer camp movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Camp Nowhere uh-huh. or a Bushwhacked or a, what was the the Fat Camp one? That one. Uh-huh, that one. Yeah, Heavyweights. 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 Yeah. Heavyweights. Yeah. yeah. Um, holes. I think Holes, you know, mm-hmm. where they all have to dig holes with oh, Sigourney Weaver. Oh, with Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. yeah. That's how I know it's not the other holes. This is the one with Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do love how they're... These these precious little souls are all playing talking smack so well. Oh, I know it. I mean, Astrid. I just Astrid. like it. It was so like unsatisfying that she didn't end up in the gore. I was I like, know. Ugh. I when know. she kept yelling, "A boar is in! A boar is in!" I was like, "I am gonna reach through the screen yeah. and yeah. push you." Yeah, that's all. You I'm little do. shit. <laughs> yeah, you little shit. Boar is in! A boar is in! Shut up. Um, I I I did kind of flinch. When, uh, or wince, I think that's what it is. When Coco dropped backwards into the pool. Oh, yes. Not because it was disgusting, but I'm like, aren't you going to get hurt? Yeah, like kind of a, that sort of belly flop feeling. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I guess when you're, uh, listen, it's Dracula. You got it, you know, I don't want to hear any complaints about physical pain oh, right. or human reactions to anything that we put you through. That's not cool. Um, 
Wow. You're really, you're, you're I not know. I know. I got a real like bee in my bonnet this week. <laughs> yeah. You have a bee in your bonnet. And I have a bee right in my bonnet. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a bad bee. In <laughs> you're going to see it. You're going to get stung by it. You're going to get stung by it. I got it's a, it's a bad bee and I'm going to get stung by it. It's a bad bee and it's in your bonnet. <laughs> yeah. And it's in my bonnet. Yeah. I like that because it's, b- 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 it's a bad bee and it's in your bonnet. It's a bad bee and you're going to bonnet. anyway um yeah so there's a quest script and a curse script there's this whole like little scene and whatever Mm -hmm. who gets Uh, what and i do have to say that this week in particular with abora kind of taking a gentler tone i stand by this big laura dern energy this week and i think if you want (laughs) to i should have pulled the clip but when she says I just think the more challenging script is a lot more entertaining. <laughs> Laura Dern talking about Citizen Ruth. <laughs> Citizen Ruth for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a very challenging script. Very yeah. Challenging. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, Citizen Ruth. That's Citizen I, Ruth. That movie is so depressing. That movie is a hard watch. Yeah. Absolutely. It's in a, it's a great film. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check out Citizen Ruth. But it just has this like gray midwestern ranch style home feeling you know what i mean Mm. like that's what depresses me the most but most about citizen ruth is just like when i remember it i just think of like sad living rooms but mary Kay place is in it not all of them are in the midwest but yes (laughs) no but i'm just you know no there's sad living rooms in new jersey don't worry we all have them we had them yeah yeah Um, uh, so Astrid explaining Dungeon Dragons to everybody. Again, the editors are just having a field day. Uh, yeah. Just uh, painting Astrid as this buffoon. And, you know, I don't know if it's shady or not, because maybe Astrid's kind of like, yeah, I know I'm a lot, right? Even Astrid, during the critiques, was like, yeah, I know that I, I can kind of be really abrasive, right? Like, she, it seems like she does have something of a self-awareness, except it's still like, well... But it's accidental. And it's like, yeah. But Mm -hmm. if you're aware of it, then you have to be aware of it too, right? Right. It's like retrospective awareness of like, oh, I can see that I do that, but I can't stop myself in the moment. And even like, you know, I I like to kind of poke around on Twitter while the while the lower levels, you know, flood with water. Uh, And I feel like Astrid is her Twitter response to all of this is interesting because she's there's a part of her that's very self-aware and she like can be in on the joke about her, like, you know, uh, um, national anthem moment, you know, Mm, and like that whole thing. But then this week it's like, she, she had this whole thread uh, about how she wished that like, she felt like her, I don't know, her knowledge or her enthusiasm for uh, Dungeons and Dragons was not being, was I can't remember what it was. It was just this level of like, girl, there are times where you're very self-aware and in on the joke. And then there's times where you're doubling down on the thing they're making fun of. Yeah, right. I totally get that. I will say, if I'm being honest, she reminds me in this moment when she's explaining Dungeons & Dragons as somebody that's just like super excited about something. And it's adorable. I mean, you know... That's but it's other... also like, come on, girl. Right. Up. I guess it depends because it's like it's like uh, you and I have probably both at some point been that person who's been really excited about something. And like most many people listening have been that person who's really excited about something and wants to talk about it. And I don't know. I I guess I, I, I guess Dragula is art and art is subjective. I guess it depends on what you're queening out about, whether I think it's like, ugh or not. You know what I mean? Mm. 
Yeah. Um, it, the, I think what, what really came off from this editing is that it didn't come off as knowledgeable. It just came off as kind of obnoxious. Well, yeah. Right. And again, that's the editor's putting that lens on it, though. Absolutely. I mean, they they show earlier Hoso saying that like Astrid has a punchable face. Like we've now <laughs> we've gotten so many moments of just like, ugh, doing her dirty. Yeah, <laughs> you did your sister just a little dirty there, you know. Did your sister just a little dirty there? That's I'm right. obsessed That's right. with that. Ugh, That's you right. did your sister just a little dirty there. Ugh. Um. Uh. This episode made me absolutely love Melissa. Like she's a sweetie dotty. She's the kindergarten teacher that I want. I want to hang out with her. I want to be her friend. I want to yeah, I fucking love Melissa. And it came through very much when she was just having that kind of like, "Hey, let's take our masks off and talk, Abora." Yeah, I mean Melissa all continues to be like the camp counselor that Eva is striving to be one day. <laughs> right. But it, Melissa is so I, I I agree. I've been feeling this where I feel like she pulls Abora aside, the problematic camper, and says things like, you know, I see you standing alone. And, you know, I just, uh, I don't hate you. I just want you to, you know, like, it's yeah, so like, right, you know, right. okay, we've had our conflicts, but like, you know, I'm trying, I still have to be the counselor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I still have to, hey, hey, we're friends, but, you know, we're more friendly than friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can be friendly. You know, and when you um, say things like this, that's what it sounds like. And and you know, Abora is like, oh god, oh god. <laughs> you know I love what I mean? That impression. Oh, oh god. god. And I'm touching my forehead while I'm saying it. You can't see. I'm closing my eyes <laughs> oh, and I'm touching oh, my forehead. Man. Oh god. <laughs> I think Abora is relieved to hear this, though. Relieved mm -hmm. because it's it's such a different tone than everybody else, especially like Eva has been taking with her. When Eva pulls Abora aside, it's like you need to do this. Hey, wake up! What mm -hmm. are you doing? Listen, I am here for you. As opposed to Melissa, that's like, hey, look. <laughs> yeah, it's you know? a very different approach. I really, I, I'm really enjoying Melissa, especially this being my first season with Melissa. I have not seen season one. I. I'm so excited to go watch season one and and mm. spend more time with her. I just think she's a really good energy in the in the cast, um, while at the same time being only safe every single week. Yeah. So it's like it, it's interesting, like her impact on the reality TV side of things, and then in the competition, it's like I forget about her because she just always ends up like smack in the safe zone. Yeah, it's interesting how they're utilizing her mm -hmm. <clears throat> through yeah. the reality lens. I will say just kind of one little callback to maybe even a uh, Spanky Jackson, right? But like the Abora and Melissa having a smoke break outside of the mm. shift. Yes, I feel like... Shift uh, manager Melissa. Melissa. Like, hey, listen. Listen, the cook and the busboys and the host Hostess. are just yeah. they're yeah they're really kind of frustrated with you abora yeah the boulets are the hosts of course of the, <laughs> of the restaurant they both stand at that little kiosk in the front where it has the sign on the uh, that says please wait to be seated uh, yeah. at the rainforest cafe yeah at the rainforest uh, cafe yeah right. no and i love welcome it welcome to the rainforest <laughs> cafe with the fingers <laughs> the voices, you know they're, yes. and they're doing the like fingers in the air <laughs> Welcome. You will be seated shortly. Have a seat over there in the cabana. Yes. Would you like some water? Yeah. <laughs> and then like blows out a cigarette with their fingernails. You know what I mean? <laughs> 
Um, uh. Or a candle, whatever they blow out. Anyway, so uh, yes, I love the. I love. I want the crossover of Melissa and Spanky as mm. like managers, shift managers of, of a of a brunch uh, mm. to kind of you know share some notes, you know. Yeah, what it what it takes to get yeah. that staff up and rolling, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, we're 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 trying to have, you know, I don't know any restaurant turns. You, you got to use the FPOS system. What's the what's the system they got to use where you got to put in the orders? What's that called? Oh, I don't know. We oh. did everything by hand. <laughs> oh, there's. I feel like this was a conflict in the show, The Bear. Did you see The Bear yet? I have not watched that show oh, yet. You would like it. It's it's all I very it's Chicago. Great. Yeah, it's so it good. Great. It's so good. But there is like one of those conflicts of like you got to put it in the little touch screen machine. You know, you got to put the order in that way. Oh, and I feel like yeah. Melissa and Spanky you have got to like trained remind on them. It. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. yeah. So um, anyway, we get a little bit da 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 dun 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 music as they're, I guess it looked like they weren't putting their looks together. They were more putting their uh, weapons together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this 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 was again. I mean, you know, th- and the thing to remember is like they all knew what roles yeah. they were going to get before the right. season started. So right. um, I, I'm I'm sure of that. But they right? had to. You have to. How did any of them make that? You know, like in two days in you know the middle of the desert. You know what I mean? Like now, right? Like I'm thinking of like if Erica Clash didn't know that she was going to be an elf, you know, like the mm-hmm. elves definitely need to know. So that they bring the prosthetic stuff. Yeah. Like I mean, Coco ears, got all, them ears on, got them ears know? on, got that little nose on. No, mm. they, they, that's the thing is that they always know what, you know, what race and class they're going to be because they had to why do they keep pretending on these reality shows. Like, why is that suspension of disbelief still in place? I don't know, because I feel like the other variation of this is like, you know, Snatch Game is coming, right? Uh-huh, so when it right. comes, no, it, it, there's this tone of like, you knew it was coming. And so right. it's kind of like, this week, what, she got, huh? what do you got? Yeah. This week, bring out those Dungeon Dragons looks, you know? Yeah, right, right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, it, it's an interesting, interesting thing for them to pretend that they didn't know what this look was going to be, right? It was a full challenge. It wasn't just the acting challenge mm-hmm. and then a different floor show. It was the floor show also. Right, right. The roles are tied to the looks. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I... Uh, well, now that I'm thinking that, like, are the roles tied to the looks? Could they potentially... Any of them played those roles regardless of... They still would have had to know that that was going to be their look before they showed up. Anyway. I think so. I Listen, if you were a priestess... Or listen, if if you were cast as a priestess and you only brought barbarian stuff, you have to adjust a lot. Yeah. So like Vicky definitely didn't think she was gonna be a druid. Right. She definitely didn't think she was gonna be a barbarian. Yeah, and, and they probably weren't just told like there's gonna be a Dungeon Dragons week, you know, like there's right. so many nuances. Right. Um right. you know, as we keep talking about race and class, I keep thinking about this do you know this clip of Bob and Peppermint? Um, they're playing like Mario Kart or something like that, and Bob's race. Yes, yes. We're like it's. <laughs> I some... say that all the time. Yeah, race. I don't know if it's Matteo Lane or Bob's assistant who's like. And so, like, you're all these little blob blob people, and then Bob Bob's like black people, and Matteo's <laughs> like no blob people, and you race each other, and then Peppermint race race race. race. Oh my god, <laughs> that is so. I that is an underappreciated Peppermint moment. 
next to is it fashion because she does it in this like very self-aware mom joke kind of yes, way right, right, with her right, glasses on right. like it's so funny race, race. <laughs> it's such a bob joke that i love that peppermint makes it oh too good too good but yeah so again this you know they're making their weapons they're putting their looks together uh the the standout moment was obviously coco when they just like go over her it's like oh what's this child doing in the corner and it's yeah. just like this incredible set piece right she's just putting together this insane axe and i'm just like holy shit it my my one critique of this challenge is that it didn't always feel like a drag competition. It felt like a cosplay Ren Faire competition, except for Coco, who was bringing things to a drag level in mm -hmm. terms of proportion, in terms of, you know, the, the perspective of a barbarian, right? I just thought it was so interesting and so well executed. And she basically created merch for herself when she said, my race and class is black and questionable. Oh, I know. I was like, God, oh, that was so smart. Uh, and also, like, the moment that, uh, you know, the Boulets said, like, you know, your race and class, like, at the beginning of the, towards the beginning of the episode, I was like, this keeps sticking out to me. I needed Coco to make that joke so that I could get over it. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, but then her, you know, I, I just love that line of, like, a person who can find scraps on the street and make it art is a person that can roll with the punches in life and make the best of it. That's RuPaul wishes she had that kind of little wisdom in her gospel, you know? Yeah, uh, just to like throw out there, keeps things on their toes, right? Uh, the other part of this look that I just thought was, or really from this little clip that I got, was she was like, yeah, it's kind of like stronger, badder bitches of the video game realm. I think this look is so smart because even in the video games, as you know, Mary, like whenever there's women depicted, especially for the first, like, I don't know, two and a half, almost three, probably even now, all decades of video game characters, women's proportions are like almost offensively too big, right? So like their hips are really big, their tits are really big, and they're heaving. I think of like Final Fantasy, uh, all of those women characters just have gigantic breasts. And... I feel like Coco having this character is not only celebrating, you know, uh, the female figure, but also pointing to just kind of the calamity, not the calamity, the audacity of how how unproportioned those characters are. Well, it's like once you see it on Coco, I mean, I feel like it was last week maybe where like she's always done the big boobs, but like the big hips really stood out mm -hmm. to the point of like this is almost in the best way, ridiculous. And yeah. it's like, and I think that's kind of one of the, the goops of drag, right? It's like, then when you see a drag queen do it and you go, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. It's like, it's not coming from nothing. You yeah. Know? It's not, it's not, there's this crazy expectation. Yeah. So I just like, I can say so much about how much I love this look from yes, making everything out of scraps to just the concept of it. Um, it being a barbarian. So there was also this character that she brought to it that was, just very primal um, that I thought was nuanced. Uh, couldn't can't say enough good things about Coco. I thought it was. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I feel like the only like nitpick, and who am I to say anything? Um, is just you know towards like the beginning of her floor show. It's like you got to hide the titty bib. 
you know, because you're not wearing a halter oh, top. You gotta hide the titty bib. Oh, you hate the titty bib. Yes, I do too. I hear. Right. Well, I, just I think didn't see it. It's such a simple thing that kind of kills the illusion. Um, and th- and I could tell that she intention she did have like a fur pelt that was supposed to cover the shoulders. But when mm. she first came out, it was full titty bib. So I was like, oh, is this like a? Are you wearing a top? Uh, and I, it's you know, hey, don't wear a mail order bodysuit and let me not see that titty bib. That's all. Yeah, I mean, essentially, you were watching it and you went. No, Wendy. Oh, I did. I was like, no, Wendy, I can see your titty bib. <laughs> Michelle, you remember my porch? <laughs> the podcaster in the next cell, what did he say to you, Coco? <laughs> he said, I can see your bib. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I've known Brett for nine years. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Um, anyway, we we got this floor show that takes place outdoors I love, love that they're doing this on location. I just want to just state that. I think it is a great idea. And it was an interesting challenge because the daylight of this challenge plus the theme made me did feel, again, I'll say this again, much like a Ren Faire cosplay challenge instead of a drag show. And I think we had the same feeling when they did this a couple seasons ago. I think it was <clears throat> that same sense of like, this is super Ren Faire, super cosplay. Um, and I guess it's just kind of like... The is, challenge. It's yeah, I mean, yeah. I, that I guess to me, it's like, I guess that I, I guess we could probably say that about a lot of floor shows, you know, um, and a lot of looks. So it's like, well, is this... Uh, maybe not so much Ren Fair. Like these are usually the most Renny, the most Renny challenges. Um, mm. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, the other upside of being on location is it's the same location where Madeline had her had her meltdown. And I just, as much as I love Eva, I can't forgive the fact that she got the quote wrong. She got the it's, quote wrong. It's not fuck the picture, Clint. It's the big picture. Yeah, fuck the big picture. That's like the most important word of that. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So listen, I can be... Canceled. Yeah, can't, so I, I take it back, Eva. I don't identify with you at all. Because I always get quotes right. Sorry, Eva. Sorry, Eva. I'm sorry. Um. Yeah. The the. I I feel like this was also the same location as season two, where they had the Wild West challenge. Oh, probably that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 This is kind of their go-to place. Um. Yeah, and you know, just to kind of like forgive the challenge, it's not like it's bad that it feels more Ren Fair cosplay. They do even say in the judging, like, hey, you know, role playing is art. They don't say drag is art this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think, and this is certainly speaking of subjective, you know, this one of my, I find like Ren Fair dialogue, like all of this to be like that very sort of that, that I don't even know what the term would be. It's just that like, you know, well, certainly we didn't overindulge in mead at the tavern for us to land here. I, Let us not linger here any longer. Ugh, ugh, ugh. And when it's bad, ugh. <laughs> well, it's why it's very hard for me to watch Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. I mean, some Shakespeare is really great, so please don't come to come at me, Mary. Like, I get it. I get Shakespeare. But uh, there are some productions of Shakespeare where I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want it performed this way. The only reason it's performed this way is because you've seen other people perform it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 that thing. It's that certain I don't know Shakespearean humor. I think Shakespearean tragedy is all very fascinating, but Shakespearean humor is so like um, 
Huh, he's got a muffin cap on his head. At least, I don't know. I, okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, it's interesting thinking about Ren Fair dialogue because it also reminds me of, and I felt like when I was looking at Eva Destruction's look, it was a great look, and I was like, are you a character in Medieval Times? I know. Am I in what town in New Jersey? Am I in Lodi, it's, New it's, Jersey? No, it's no, no. it's in. Uh, I believe it's in. Um, I'll know it. Livingston. Livingston. Oh, I thought it was further south. Or Lindhurst? Think... Is it Lindhurst? It's Lindhurst. It's Lindhurst. Okay. Livingston is too nice for Medieval Times. I, okay. It's definitely Lindhurst. Okay. Medieval Times is in. I'm going to Google it. Uh, Lindhurst. Yes. Yes. Thank the Lindhurst, you. New Jersey Castle. Oh, so how many times have you gone? Once. I went once. It was like a um, some kind of school trip or altar boys oh. or Cub Scouts or some shit like that. Oh. I just remember eating chicken with my hands and drinking yep. Pepsi. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is I, I, for as long as I can remember, and still, I would never eat anything off of a bone. And I remember I was very nervous because mm -hmm. um, I went to many birthday parties there. Many meaning maybe four. That's a lot. Um, I think so. And they, and I never ate the chicken because I was just so afraid. I was like, I don't want to, I, I'm not going to eat with my hand. What? Yeah. And I was also nervous because the, like, I think they called them wenches. Uh, so don't uh -huh. do not write me letters, but the wenches would come around and they'd like shame you if you didn't eat. Oh God. I... Yeah, Mary. I was just like horrified. So like I stuck to like I think they gave you like a little bit of potatoes, excuse me, and uh like corn on the cob. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I just ate that and then just like drank the quote unquote mead. Um I remember the the commercials very well. Mm -hmm. I remember so much about it. I remember, you know, the the, the green one was always bad. It was always the bad guy, the Green Knight. Um, yeah, it was such a show, Mary. It was like really exciting. It was like going to see something on ice. Yeah, and uh, it still you know? exists. People still, it's still happening. Uh, yeah, we we could go. We could we could we go could. together and then we do could. an episode about. Yeah, it, Yeah, we could do a medieval times. Uh, you know, Mary meetup. <laughs> yeah, Mary. Uh, but meetup is M E A D for me. Yes, a meetup. <laughs> oh meet my God, what a great idea! We'd be. I'm assuming that it that there are, are a lot of adults that still go to this. Oh, I'm sure. And if but anything, people who are kids. our age who are nostalgic for this shit, you know, like I feel like, um, wasn't it? What was it? That movie, The Cable Guy, where they like, no, it was Knocked Up. Yeah, where they took no. mushrooms and went to medieval times. Oh, right? because they also do it in The Cable Guy. Yes, they also do it in The Cable Guy. Man, <laughs> that's right. I I knew that was a thing. <laughs> God, that movie. I love that. Oh, God. That's that a movie, movie that I haven't seen in a while, but I know that it bombed when it came out. But I feel like if but we watch it now, yeah. it's actually really smart. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's an interesting movie to watch now, I think. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see how many people still go to Medieval Times. I would yeah, be Mary's, curious to see that. Mary's yeah. listening. If you're, a, if you're a medieval Mary, uh, tell us about your times. I also, I just want to call myself out. Um, I, it might seem like we're critiquing Ren Fair stuff here. It is my goal in life to go to a Ren Fair. I just need somebody to invite me or go with me and make plans. Uh, so I'm waiting for some of my Ren Fair friends that always go 
to like think to invite me because I love it. I, you know what I mean? Like if I went to Disney world, I would totally have a conversation with the, the little actors in character, right? Like I just think that would be fun. And it's the same thing at a Ren fair. Like they, everything has to be of the time. So if like, I'm looking at my watch and they're like, Oh, what is this magical piece? You know, I just think that's so funny. <laughs> I just think like I'm imagining a scenario, like it's almost like a comeback scenario where like you suddenly you get like an emergency call on your cell phone and somebody's like, Oh, what is that? What is that twittering thing? And you're like, get the fuck away from me. You know, <laughs> Let me alone! It's test results! Yeah, right, right, exactly, exactly, yeah. What? Testing for what? You don't get it! It's real! <laughs> yeah, I know, I definitely wouldn't be one of those obnoxious people that would, like, challenge the actors. I would yeah, I would play yeah, along. Yeah. I'd make their, along, their time yeah. fun. Yeah, I think it's right. fun. Um, but I would not eat anything off the bone. No turkey legs. No, no anything legs. Nope. Yeah, I don't know what else. I, that's all I know that people eat at Ren Fairs is turkey legs. So uh, I don't know what else is available. There's got to be like soups and mashed potatoes and, you know, there's got to be that stuff, right? Maybe. I don't know. You know, uh, Ren Fair mares, Ren Marys. Uh, what's on the menu? What's for dessert <laughs> at a Ren Fair? Oh, yeah, dessert. I wonder. Uh, sweets, right? Sugar cane. Um, you know, yeah, they had that. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, back to these looks. Abora's look, I just thought was so awesome. Uh, I totally got what she was putting down. Uh, I don't know. Am, am I basic for just like loving the fuck out of Abora's looks each week? I don't know. I, I think that that's kind of been the running thing is that Abora does really interesting looks, whether or not they apply to the challenge each week. So um, I thought Abora's was, you know, I, and I think this week a lot of the looks were, they're good. They were performance looks, you know what I mean? Like these these were, mm. there's there's floor shows where it's like, okay, like, you know, like last week where Eva was like, oh, I never, or sorry, Vicky was like, I could never do this floor show in heels. Like there's some mm. looks that are for floor shows. And then there's some that are like, well, I have to be able to like act in it. You know what I mean? So I did feel like all of the looks were obviously not as like over the top as some other floor shows. They were certainly more like costumes for an acting challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They were, uh, is it? Is it practical? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were more practical looks. I mean, I'd say Coco's was probably the least practical, and that's probably why she won. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, I thought Melissa's was kind of nondescript, but she mm -hmm. looked really hot. So it's yeah. kind of like, all right. Yeah. Um, otherwise, Victoria, I don't think I've ever really seen Victoria look like that. And it just proved to me like, oh, you can do it all. You can yeah. do any type of makeup. She is stunning. And there are yeah. some moments, in particular during the acting challenge, there's certain angles I can maybe find a screenshot where Vicky is giving me like a, a yassified Glenn Close in this look. <laughs> there are like Glenn Close in The Wife, like those shots of her in the audience looking real crummy. There are moments where Vicky is Glenn Close in The Wife. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I don't have many notes about the actual challenge, except I know... I know that Victoria in Resurrection talked about having Asperger's or being on the spectrum. Mm -hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, yeah. Um, and it it was an interesting parallel to Heather in America's Next Top Model. For those that are top model fans, Heather uh, had Asperger's, was very open about it on the show. And there was one challenge in particular where they had to pair with these 
designers, and the designers were like, okay, uh, our, one of the contestants is my muse, and I'm going to design a look based on them and their personality and what they want. And then there's like a little fashion show, and they all walk the runway, and they have to like describe their look and say, hi, I am so-and-so's muse, and I blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Basically, it's like three lines to say. And Heather, because of her disability, really struggled and had to do it in front of a live audience and was showed every, they showed every kind of struggle, every awkward moment, and she was in the bottom that week. And it was just kind of like, well, wait a second. <laughs> this is not something that she can actually do without a little bit of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting, I mean... It, we have seen on all of these that like, oh, this is just something that I know someone's not good it's at. Showbiz. Yeah, it's showbiz. Sorry. You can't be good at everything. And even this week with Melissa, like, oh, we don't expect you to be actors. Uh, but I, I was wondering, because I don't, I don't know if there is like a correlation to like, if you, if you are on the spectrum, if there's something about like memorization. I think or it like, depends. You know, like, yeah, I don't it know if there, like, I don't know if that yeah. was one was kind of explaining the other of like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, whatever. I don't, I don't know. I'm talking to my ass right now. Um, and I guess part of it being that, like, I'm always going to give Victoria Elizabeth Black a pass because she's Victoria sure. Elizabeth Black. So it's like, okay, right. well, good enough for me. And also, like, I, I, yeah, she didn't know her lines in the kind of behind the scenes moments, but like in the in the scenes, she was no worse than Melissa. Right. She was no worse than Erica. Than she Erica. No, right. Right. You know, in some moments, she was even a little better. So yeah. I actually thought, like, okay, well, final product. I I actually kind of thought that. Victoria was fine. Like, not the best actress. I wouldn't say any none of, of them, them were. Yeah, I nope. was going to say. I wouldn't say good. Olivia Coleman was in there with elf ears, you know. He was Get 11. Them ears you know? on. Yeah. Got them ears he on. Was he was 11. You know, he rolled an 11, you know. But I am your mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And now your sister is dead. And now your sister <laughs> is dead. <laughs> Tony Collette, but she could show up too. Oh, I was gonna say, I was just thinking of good actors that could go. Oh, in yeah, there, any of them, yeah, uh, yeah, and and put on the Ren Fair voice and do you know, like Julianne Moore, like I was just don't thinking, call me lady. Yeah. <laughs> I come in here, <laughs> I come into this establishment. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm trying to think of, oh, 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 Meryl Streep, right? So it's like, um, she says, uh, I believe it's Cerulean. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a jacket. Here. I desperately need a jacket here. <laughs> and that is all. <laughs> jacket here we desperately need. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Uh. Mary, Mary, we figured out the parody. Yeah, it's. It, it is. It's it's uh, some of our greatest living actresses doing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> doing Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Viola anyway. Davis with snot running down her down. Oh her my nose. god! Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Who betrayed us? <laughs> What's the line that we love uh, from uh, Hidden Figures about the coffee? Oh pot? yeah, um, drink from a coffee pot that none of you wanna touch. <laughs> that touch none of you want to. Yeah. <laughs> and it would be coffee pot, right? It would be like no. uh, this cauldron uh, of cauldron, hot mead. Yes, yes. Yeah. Cauldron of hot mead. Yeah. 
cauldron of, yes, brewed beans. Of brewed beans <laughs> that none of you hath touched. <laughs> hath touch it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, all right. Uh, uh, tangent over for another day. For yeah, sure. yes, certainly. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think we were, oh, we were talking about Victoria. Yeah, so um, she... She is. She was fine. Yeah, everybody yeah, sure. I felt like was equally bad, except for Hoso and Coco, and then I would say uh, Abora, and then Eva. Yeah, that the the winning team certainly was the better team. Oh, by far. Yeah, and you know the the Shakespearean kind of twisted dialogue. I think only helped them because yeah. instead of thinking about what the words meant, they. They, or instead of what the words were saying, they thought about what the words kind of like meant and the emotions behind it. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other team, I think, were just caught up on the lines. Yeah, the, the by having the the kind of chaos script or whatever it was called, I feel like it gave them, you know, as Abora said, like more interesting places to go. Uh, whereas I felt like the main group, it was like, oh, I, I definitely feel like I'm watching like a black box theater production of, you know, Camelot. I don't know, something with, something of you know what i mean like something very like in a tone you know yeah it's not just community theater but it's like church basement theater. church basement theater like yeah like we you know hey you know drag is art and art is subjective make theater happen wherever you can oh yeah but, please yeah. make theater happen absolutely yeah. i will clap i will applaud yes it's great um but we have to you know yeah we, we, we're, we're i think we need a jacket there. here yeah. yeah i think we need a jacket here we exactly. need a jacket here yeah Anyway, um, Coco wins this challenge. Uh, Coco thankfully. wins. Thank God. Yeah, uh, she's not here to play. That's right. No, I I don't remember both of the judges. Is it is the the one from Queer as Folk? I can't remember his name. Eric is that his name? Uh, but, sure, I didn't write down their names. I didn't write, yeah, but Misha uh, was the other one who I guess has been a guest before. And I just there were a couple moments where I was like, okay, like I think. They had said something like, you know, well, as the actor, I have to be that bitch. And I was like, mm. we get it. Or I think the one line that really stuck out to me that was like, this is more about you than Coco or uh, Hoso right now is, you know, I, too, have been sliced on the head during the filming of a horror movie. And oh, I continued right. and finished the scene. And that was the take they used. And that's what you did. It's like. Right. Brandon yeah. Lee also. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Dark. I'm just saying. That's dedication to the sea. Just saying. Yeah, man. God. She's a killer. She's a killer. Oh, we talking about yeah. Alec Baldwin now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. No. Oh my yeah. God. They weren't even filming then. No, um, no. Oh God. That's that story is so dark. I, oh, I can't stand it. that story. That so, story makes me sick. It's so, because like it's like Same I, Lee, to be honest with you. Yeah, but they're like, all it's awful. In a way that I'm kind of like, ugh, you know. Like I think I think Alec Baldwin is like a bloated spiral ham, but I feel awful for the man that like he was handed a loaded gun. I, the whole situation is, it it makes me sick to my stomach hearing about her career hearing about her life oh my god anyway let's move on please line line mead and merriment await in the cauldron um uh we need to do i do think we need to talk about erica because you know she's kind of red for her look i noticed those hot topic boots also i obviously thought club kid boots Mm -hmm. um and i'm like oh she's going home like she is absolutely going home in those boots 
Um, and then there was this interesting clip or this interesting uh, quote, uh, and I think it's it's worth kind of expanding on. Outside of judging, just between me and you as people right now, I want you to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out because I feel like you have been hard at work and hard on yourself. Like, smile, have fun. You're a fucking gnome with gems all over you. I hope you can find the joy in this experience because when you look back, you won't say, ooh, I wish I stressed more. I hope I can impart that onto you because I've looked back on myself in previous seasons and said those exact same things to me five years ago. Yeah, I could be having more fun, but then what if that causes me to be complacent? What would be fun for me is to win a challenge or to like do well and actually feel like this experience was a little different. And I, it sounds to me like you're more on Erica's side here. I mean, I think that it's just, it's an interesting critique of like, have more fun, smile more. Like, it's an interesting thing to hear kind of like, and I'm not trying to bring it to that place of like, oh, you know, smile, baby. Like, I'm not bringing it to that place, but it is an interesting um point of view that the problem is just like well you just you need to be having more fun you need to smile more i think where swan is like spot on is saying like you know you're when you look back you won't say oh i wish i was stressed more but like you you usually aren't in that headspace till you look back you know like it's Mm. it's kind of like abora saying to eva earlier like you need to just get out of your head and just do the scene and she's like yeah i was having a panic attack so i couldn't really do that i um i think that I think that beyond agreeing or disagreeing, I think that once somebody is at a point where Erica is, where they're just like, there's just no joy in this left, it it just kind of feels like a mercy kill to send her home. You know what I mean? Like, she's not going to, like, bounce back next week. Bounce back. You know? Yeah. I mean, maybe if she goes home and then comes back, she'll bounce back. But I just found this quote from the Book of Boulay's I think really helpful um, for me watching it. So maybe not for Erica, but if I'm an audience member watching this, it's like, oh my God, why am I? Obviously I need to stress and I need to focus on the challenge at hand. And don't forget that I'm having, I'm, I'm in a gnome costume, right? Like I have, like, this is drag. Like I, I'm, I, I can't take it that seriously. And while I get Erica's point of like, yeah, but I want to win. It's like, yeah, I know you want to win. And maybe... Maybe the best way to win is to is to just kind of like let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it feels like Erica is less. The reason she's not having fun is because she realizes that she's not on there to win this competition because mm-hmm. she's not as good as anybody else, or in comparison right now. Um, and she, I think, is kind of seeing the writing on the wall. I feel like instead of shutting down, she could just I don't know. Uh, be a part of the show and understand, okay, I'm here. Maybe I am here just to have fun and, and kind of jumpstart my career a little bit more, which I do think she did, but it, it, you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like she just needed to be a little bit more self-aware. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that. And I also, I totally get like you, once you start to spiral, like, Mm. and especially in that kind of stressful situation where it's like, I, 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 you know, I think about, you know, it, it, that whole idea of like, well, you know, you're look at you, you're dressed as a gnome right now. It's like I think of, you know, the supercut of drag queens sobbing painted as these beautiful clowns. You know what I mean? Right, 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 and like right. and we as the audience forget we watch Jasmine Kennedy in high drag sobbing and coming out as trans and we don't see the drag. 
Yeah. We just see the human moment from season 14. Mm. And, you know, however, how many other moments where somebody has uh, an absolute fucking meltdown and Kennedy goddamn Davenport yelling at, at Ginger with no pants on, mm. you don't need to apologize. Like, right. we don't even see the fact that they're all in costumes. Hollow you know? Eve. Yelling yeah, Hollow Eve having the, yeah. in a high costume. And so right. I think that's what's so interesting about these shows, these drag shows, is like they have these really relatable human moments of like, I just can't get out of my cups here and you're dressed as a fucking gnome, you know? <laughs> I, I think that makes it really interesting because I, I do think that like that, it's, I understand how that would not pull somebody out of it, you know? Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I don't think that this was supposed to pull her out of it, but I think it's an interesting thing to have on record. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like, hold on, look around you. Like, you got to have a good time here. Um, I, what was the other thing I was thinking of? Oh, just how all the shots of Erica, this episode especially, is just like her disassociating. Yeah, I, I, the way they kept cutting to her, the way they would cut to Coco for reactions, I thought, mm. she's going to do something. She's going to do something. And it was that moment when Astrid was showing off her loot, her, her you know, her dulcimer. Uh, I prefer a hammered dulcimer, so sorry, Astrid. Uh, I do. I do prefer a hammered dulcimer. It's the one musical thing I can queen out on. Uh, and uh, they, like, as she's, like, playing it, they, like, there's this very slow zoom in on Erica. And I was like... Uh -huh. Because I've heard you, we've heard the rumors that like somebody quits the competition, and I don't know right. if they're just saying that to get people excited, and it never happens. <laughs> but I thought this is it. This is where Eric is just going to be like, you know what? You know how much I'm. I'm actually having less fun, even when I was having before. When you yeah. told me I wasn't having fun, <laughs> I you bitch. yeah. You now owe me fun. You are in a debt of fun to me. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, it was an interesting moment. Um, Astrid, again, the editing, no one is having Astrid. Astrid trying to direct the director. Um, just, uh, it, it's, it's such an interesting way to edit her. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, I, they're not hiding it. They're not hiding it. They have not been hiding it at all. This is certainly not a winner's edit. I wonder, similar to what you're saying about Erica and maybe knowing in the competition that, okay, I'm not here to win or even get very far. I wonder if, Astrid watching this obviously she knows what happens but like I wonder if you know what I mean I wonder how this edit reads to her while she's watching it like that they've been like setting her up from episode one to really just kind of be the pain in the ass mm, yeah I don't I don't I mean I would be really I think I might be a little annoyed. Right? I, I mean, I think it's that tricky thing where, like, you then have to choose how you're going to react to it. So, like, right, I can appreciate yourself or not. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can appreciate that, like, Astrid is trying to, like, be in on the joke after the fact. But, like, I, I can't say that I wouldn't be kind of humiliated to think that I was being really excited about something that I loved. And then they edit it to me being really annoying about something I loved. Ugh. Well, Erica does go home. She joins the ranks of the others. Um, and who knows what's happened next, you know? When they said to her, like, Erica, we've given your gnome something to be happy about, I thought they were going to drop Vicky. <gasps> no. I, I would have been like, ooh. I know. Ooh. I know. I know. <laughs> because I kept thinking, like, in the cauldron, we see Vicky say to, to Eva, like, I know I'm not going home, my track record. Mm. And, like, I just kept thinking, oh, my God, what are they setting up here? 
Yeah. Like it can't be this yeah. obvious, but then it was up the obvious. Yeah. Yeah. I if they send Vicky home for this, I'd be like, that's really unfair. It would really be wild. Unfair. It would be so. It would just be uh, like insane. And I, I know they don't care. I know it's their show, and it's the Boulets, and it's like, yeah, ha, 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 we're gonna fuck with you. You know, I get that. And it's like, yeah, but you need Victoria Elizabeth Black on every runway this season, right? <laughs> you're, you're only taking away from the rest of your right. show right. by right. not having her because I'm mostly here to see Victoria. <laughs> Yeah, I'm mostly here to see Victoria go up against Deborah. Right? Yeah, like yeah. again, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I and you know, Coco is uh, is uh, fabulous and wonderful, and Hoso is fabulous and wonderful. Um, Hoso, I know what I'm gonna get, mm-hmm. and with Coco, I kind of know what I'm gonna get. Yeah, with yeah. Victoria and Abora, I am so excited every week. I agree. I do think that that's very true about Hoso and Coco. That like. Yeah, but I, 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 I'm. I assume there's going to be big boobs. I assume there's going to be that same Hoso face, uh, mm-hmm. that the eyes and and the kind of like whoa, you know, the cra- crazy, the crazy <laughs> pirate, yeah. the pirate's booty pirate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> army mateys. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm assuming I'm going to get more of that. But like, yeah, Victoria, I never know. And Abora, sometimes I don't even know what she is. But I didn't know it was coming. You know. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, exciting season. Um. You know, I I am sad to see Erica go because you know, I do like her. I like I I I don't know. Maybe I'm on an island there, but I do love uh, just her performance. I think she's fun. Um, I know that you, I think you have from that from season two, you were kind of like, no, she's trying too hard. What was your impression of her? I don't know. I think there was something about her that like. I, I didn't really click with as much as I did this it season. Clashed with it, it maybe. Clashed maybe just a little, but just a little bit. Um, yeah. You, you how know. has she changed for you? Well, I think a big part of it is the fact that she doesn't have makeup on all the time. In season two, you could never see their face, and I do mm. feel like there's something about the fact that, like, you know, in season two, for example, Abora not only was she always in face paint for like the talking heads, but she always had that little nose on and like got that nose, got on. that nose on. And like, I know that's like a thing that she does. I've never really been into that pointed nose thing that mm. she does it like that. I, it, there's something about it that like, oh, I don't, that's not my favorite part of your aesthetic, but it is what it is. Um, but I just think there was something I felt like I could see who Erica was this time. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked her. I thought she was totally benign this season, uh, a likable energy, but, you know, I, I think I sympathized with her more so. You know what I mean? Like, I could feel that she wasn't having a good time. Yeah, I feel like she came on to this season thinking that she was something else. And I it, it feels like she didn't grow past season two enough in her drag. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it, it just felt like it didn't, you know, it was almost like a failure to launch if you look at her track mm, record even. You know? Right, right. So... Um, Although I will say, I, I will give flowers, that phrase, I will give flowers to that dragon look that she came up with. Mm-hmm. That was really uh, cool. Yeah. Body up, yeah, or waist up. It was super great. Yeah. Great. And, and, and surprising. Yeah. Well, it should come to no surprise that my BSA this week is Coco. I mean, mm. it's not fair to not give it to Coco. She was great. I think that, you know, much like Victoria, like, you're... You're only shooting yourself in the foot if you don't keep Coco till the end because of the TV she's giving you alone, mm. you know? Yeah, or like top four, you know? Yeah. I, I think that it's going to come... My prediction, now that we've 
we, we've, we're getting to, you know, the nitty and the gritty. I think that it's going to be obviously Victoria, Hoso, um, and I think Victoria, Hoso, and Coco are going to be the top three. Oh, wow. Okay. Victoria, uh, Hoso, and Coco. Um, there's a world where I see Melissa or Eva getting to the top spot there. I do think they're, just based on what I've seen, that Abora is there to have fun and not mm-hmm. to win. Um, I yeah. think they might have even told her that. I think Abora at this point is just like, well, it, it's good TV, it's conflict, it's drama, but like, it, you know, Abora is, it, it, if anything, is going to get similar to what she got her season where she gets eliminated right before the finale. Yeah. I mean, I it would be interesting to see her get to the finale. I'd love to see her at the finale um, for selfish reasons. So my my top three is Abora, Victoria, and Coco. I think that they are going to have a Coco, Hoso, Victoria top three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think further, I think Victoria is, is set to win this whole thing and it'd be oh, crazy so. otherwise. Yeah. I feel like my unpopular opinion, and we've kind of talked about this last week, is I'm, a, I'm like less and less kind of wowed by Hoso just because I do feel like... Yeah. It all kind of lives Seen in the it. same world, yeah, and same. Uh, yeah, and like, and it's the it's also the kind of drag that's so complex that you're like, God, I feel like I can't say anything because there's so much going on, and it's mm. so thoughtful, and blah blah blah. But like, I'm, yeah, I don't know. I'm like a little, I'm a little bored uh, in a way, um, and uh, that's my unpopular opinion. So she's still a better drag artist than I'll ever be in my worst nightmares. So let's just well. make sure that we're clear on that. Well, you said that, Mary. Yeah, I said it. I said it. You said that, you know? Just do whatever you want. <laughs> do whatever you want. Uh, there have been lots of guesses as to what that might sound like. This is for Mary, who are not ma- Patreons on our Drag Race UK episodes. Uh, there have been, this is an, an earworm that we're trying to solve that yeah, sounds like something Just do whatever else. you want. Just do whatever you want. Uh, anyway, Marys, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you going on this dark journey through hell with us. Mary, what is our Last Chance Floor Show this week? Well, this is actually oh, this is like one of my favorite songs, but I also feel like it's very, like, very Ren Fair in some ways and, like, could really be a Ren Fair Floor Show. So this is me embracing... Is it Kate Bush? It's not <laughs> Kate Bush. It's not Kate Bush. It's me. It's Lorena McKinnett. No. Yes. Um, oh. Yeah. It, no, we're not. It's not the Mummer's Dance, though it should have been. <laughs> Uh, It's very tempting to switch to the Mummer's Dance right now, but I need to dance with the one that brought me. Uh, This is a song called Swans by Lisa Gerard. that I I love this song. I think it's amazing, and I think it'd be an amazing lip sync. It'd be an amazing floor show. I'd love to see it live, uh, and that's what I have to say about Swans. All right. Well, honk, honk, Swans. Uh, Marys, thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. One of the Boulez's names, Swan. Party, party, tutscenes! Yeah, 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 yeah.